HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. Welcome to HR and Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Kat Johnson, the Communications Director at Heritage Radio Network, and Katie is not here this week. Katie had to run some last-minute uh, fun emergencies. We're going to call them fun emergencies. Yeah, absolutely. They're yeah. like the kind of emergencies that wind up tasting really delicious. Yes, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. You're a so marketing she, genius. Yes. So she <laughs> has been to Midtown, and now her and Liza Ham are making their way back down to the Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. All in preparation of, if you've been listening, you know what's happening. Monday is our annual fundraising gala, Winter in the Garden. Yes. I just can't wait. Um, so Katie's not here, but as always, Hannah Forden is joining us, our program manager. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday. It's really dark out. <laughs> it is. It got darker when this started, I think. Um, Roberta's mood lighting. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. true. Dinner service time. Um, you're hearing Matt Patterson, our lead engineer. What's up, Matt? Whoop, whoop. And our guest today, we're so excited, is Batman. His real, quote, real name is Alan Bat. He is a jack of all trades. We're hearing about all the crazy adventures he's had in art and photography and music and, and much more. Um, welcome, Batman. Well, thanks. I'm delighted to be here, and I've never seen Bushwick before. Really? Welcome, yes. welcome to the That hood. surprises me. I'm a bit surprised, but... Uh, <laughs> well, you are originally from Brooklyn. What neighborhood um, were you born in? I was born in Canarsie, actually. Okay. Oh. Way back I've never when. seen Canarsie before. Yeah. It's still the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the other end of the L train. Yeah. When the L train shuts down uh, early next year, you'll still be able to get from Bushwick to Canarsie. So... We have that going for us. You will? Oh, the, the train will be <laughs> open then? Yes. It oh. will it'll it'll run from Lorimer, the the second stop into Brooklyn, all the way to Canarsie. You just can't get to Manhattan. Oh. Which for Hannah and I is totally fine. Yeah, we really try to avoid <laughs> going to Manhattan unless we have a really good excuse. And it usually <laughs> involves food or cocktails. Definitely. Yeah. Um, well speaking of food and cocktails, Hannah, do you want to tell everyone about Monday evening. I would love to. You guys, it's really happening. Our second annual Winter in the Garden Gala is this Monday, and we have put so much work into putting together the best darn party I think anyone has ever gone to. It will be. There 
It is the venue at the Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden is one of the most beautiful places in Brooklyn, I think. Um, and we have just the most incredible lineup of chefs who are going to be bringing us a really beautiful assortment of food that all somehow magically works together really lovely. And we're going to have signature cocktails from Souther Teague, Damon Bolte, and Dave Arnold, which we're super excited for. We're going to have an insane silent auction. I mean, seriously, if you still have holiday shopping to do, you should just head to our auction because we have something for literally everyone who likes food even a little bit. And there is early bidding on our auction. So if you want to get a head start on the bidding war that it will very soon ensue, um, you can head to uh, heritageradionetwork.org slash bid. That's right. Um, yeah, so there's going to be a mad rush for that. And we still have tickets available for the gala. So we would love to see you there. It's going to be so much fun. To get tickets, you can go to heritageradionetwork.org slash gala. G-A-L-A, gala. Gala. Do it. Yes, buy your tickets, get your bidding started. Um, everything's done. We can do it on your phone this year, which is really great and cool. And you can... You don't have to be at the table to write down your bid. You can be eating more food and just like texting your bid in, which I think is so smart. Exactly. Oh, no, you're going to be drinking while you do that. No, that's all of it. A great combination, Matt. I don't know what you're talking about. And if you can't make it to the gala, <laughs> you can bid on the auction yeah. from the comfort of your own home, no, no matter where you are. And it's a really great way to support HRN while also being able to win some really amazing experiences and items. There's a lot of cheese and wine that you could bid on. So, yeah, we hope to see you there. And yes. if not, we hope to see you online. Yes, we'll see you there. Um, okay, we have a few headlines we wanted to cover really quick before we get back in the conversation with Batman. Okay, so first up, this week's guest on Food Without Borders was Devon Francis. A queer Jamaican-American, Francis founded Yardi an experimental events company that uses the dinner table as a site for artistic in invention, intervention and social engagement. He describes Yardi as an island for queer Caribbean dreams. Um, tune into that. It sounds really interesting. And on In the Sauce this week, Ellie Kane welcomed Sierra Tishgart and Maddie Molis, friends who met at summer camp 20 years ago and are now the co-founders of Great Jones, which is a kitchen company that launched a line of cookware two weeks ago. The three of them talk about how to start a business with a friend and what to look for in a partner, how to organize the workload, and most importantly, how to preserve the friendship, which I think a lot of people fall into the pitfalls of collaborating with friends and realize how hard it is. So coming from experts like Allie and her guests, uh, seems like there's a lot to learn. Totally. And finally, um, coming tomorrow, our next episode of Meet and Three is an episode about rules. Which is kind of a really fitting, I think, follow-up to Thanksgiving, which is like overindulgent. So we're getting back to rules and living our life in a more ordered way. Uh, we're at least trying to. We're trying. Yeah. Um, we A couple stories are going to look into how food rules affect our everyday lives, like what it takes to keep kosher in restaurants, um, the jobs of health inspectors in our restaurants, which is are super important. But as our friend Priya Krishna says, they're not food people. They are there to yeah. do a very specific job and they don't really care about how delicious you think the food is and what great you think it is. Yeah, and they inspire <laughs> just a lot of fear amongst chefs yes. and restaurant workers in general. So that's a very interesting look into that world. And then we even have like a, a, a story, quick story about why people always say you can only eat oysters with the month with R's in it. 
That's always been really hard for me to keep track of because... And I always hear... I feel like when you bring it up, people always have, well, it's because of this or that. And we're going to get to the bottom of what's the real reason that people have historically believed that. And that's really relevant, especially because the gala is coming up. Because you guys, we're going to have so so many many oysters oysters. at the gala. And it's December. So there is an We're good. Yeah, we're safe. Even if you hold to that rule. You're going to be fine. Um, so tune in tomorrow for our new episode of Meet and Three, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's our news. Uh, that's just a little taste of 35 of our weekly shows. As a reminder, our season is going to end on December 21st. So we have a few more weeks of food radio this year. And then we'll be doing some reruns. We'll be back in January. So make sure you're listening while you have the opportunity. And it's a great time to catch up if yeah. you miss things from the past season. Absolutely. All right. Um, so Batman. Yes. We're so excited to have you. And first of all, I wanted to quickly say um, we're going to be seeing you in a few days as well because you're going to be at the gala um, taking some photos of all of our great food and people and drinks and all the great activities we're going to have. So we're so excited to have you. Well, hopefully you'll be glad to see me after today. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have a feeling that we will. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to look forward to it. Um, Have you ever been to any events at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden or? No. But the only thing that I remember from the Brooklyn Botanic Garden is uh, I'm a musician and I write music. My favorite song I wrote while I was walking in the Botanic Gardens, actually. Maybe inspiration will strike you again. Maybe. You can write a gala song. Uh, I need need something, you know, like a a flyer or something to write the thing on. I wrote it on the the side of a flyer that I had or a brochure. We'll find you a flyer. We'll find you a napkin or something. And you were just saying, you and I have something in common, that we're both flautists. Yes, we are. uh, I still am. You still are. (laughs) I'm sure I could pick out some notes, but I've not played in a very long time. But another flute thing to talk about is that one of the one of our hosts um, here at HRN, Chris Kuzme, plays the saxophone and the flute, and he's actually going to be playing ah. some interpretations in the bonsai room. Oh, nice! So that will be very fun okay. to to f- photograph and to enjoy the musical style. Oh, so I should bring my camera. You definitely oh, should. Okay. I think you might want to. <laughs> and that tour of the bonsai room is going to be. It's something that. I, th- I think we're really fortunate to be able to do and in a private setting. And it's just one of the many things that makes our gala so special because never again will you be able to wander through the bonsai room after having a sip of your cocktail, listening to Chris Kuzme serenade you. Yes. It's yeah. going to be a unique experience. I can't wait. The bonsai room is for those who don't know, is one of the BBG's like prize kind of collections they are very old bonsai trees that are very well taken care of um so we're excited they're letting us kind of poke our heads into the room and batman you'll have to take lots of pictures of the beautiful bonsais for all of our listeners to enjoy i shall and uh, we'll show them on the radio yes yes it's a perfect medium (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah you were talking batman you were talking a little bit before about kind of your journey in art and greeting cards and cartoons can you kind of give us a quick overview recap of how how you found your way to working in the medium of photography and books and things like that well let me preface by saying i still haven't found my way but i (laughs) i've been working on it for a while (laughs) i was a salesman for a long time selling t-shirts and mugs and kinds of junk and things i worked for playboy actually when they were hot selling the t-shirts and the mugs and the Jewelry and wow, and you're a merch man. I, yeah, <laughs> so it had nothing to do with the ladies, and that was in uh, oh, 69, 70, I think, 71. It was three years. 
so I, then I was a, an independent rep selling all kinds of junk. And I had this really good idea for greeting cards. So I put it together. I borrowed a lot of money. But the thing, I did the, the best month I ever had was in 1979 in September. I've never had a month as good as that one. Um, unfortunately, it wholesaled a lot. All the stores loved it, but it didn't retail very well. So, so then I floundered around a while. I had Betty Boop, the license to Betty Boop, before Betty Boop, before Betty Bloop, Boop. <laughs> That's a tongue wow. twister. Yeah. No, it's this. It's not our hot toddy. <laughs> hot toddy. Wait a second. I'm not good at this. Um, <laughs> and Felix the Cat, and and I also had it before its time. So I had it for a while. It didn't do anything. I dropped it, and then it became the hottest thing on the gift market. Um, so, so I was trying to figure out what to do and I decided, I had a camera like everybody else. And I said, oh, I'll just take some pictures in New York and put it on greeting cards. I'm in the business. So I did 12 cards. The first ones, they were the most horrible pictures I've ever taken. Uh, composition wise, they were perfect because I have a really good eye. That's what saves me in pretty much anything I do. And, um, the lighting was really horrible I'm if I could show them to you <laughs> anyway so but I, but I kept going and then I became a photographer and I was a, a well-known photographer so I had about a hundred customers for about 25 years I had no competition everybody was doing postcards and then in the 80s I was doing greeting cards birthday cards with funny sayings and, and street things which I'm going to do a book in uh, next year I'm going to work on um and then the internet came along and put all of my customers out of business. Mm. If you guys are old enough, you remember in the village, Greenwich Village, there used to be a, a card shop on every block. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was wonderful. I had no competition. I didn't make a fortune, but I, it was good. It was really good. And then everybody went out of business and said, oh no, now what do I do? So the first time I ever ate in an expensive restaurant was Le Cirque. Well, oh, that's high. a good choice. Yeah. Uh, and I don't remember why I ate there because I couldn't afford it. Somebody must have taken me. And I said, wow, this is amazing what they could do with food, you know. And so I said, ah, I'll take some pictures of food. So that was really good for 12 years. And now I'm the best known photographer in New York for food. Um, but then iPhones came along. Uh, the uh, rents went up and the restaurants couldn't afford to pay what they used to pay for photography. Uh, so now it was, oh, no, now what do I do? <laughs> so I recently reinvented myself. I'm doing books. Um, and I've been doing books since 2004, but most of them were charity. So I would work with 200 chefs, and then I'd get them all together, and, and we'd do uh, uh, an event where all the chefs came down and feed them pastrami and beer. They were very happy. They loved that. They loved it. I love it. I think that's my favorite meal. <laughs> yeah. And and one of the one of the chefs said the last time we did, he says, Wow, this tastes just like Katz's. And he was said, it? Well, No, it was the guy that makes it for Katz's. <laughs> uh, Katz's just started doing their own because they opened an outlet and they, this guy couldn't produce as much. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was, it was wonderful. And we used to do hors d'oeuvres, fancy hors d'oeuvres and champagne, but... They're used to that. As soon as I switch over to, to uh, pastrami, uh, the attendance went a lot higher. <laughs> I have a question for you about photographing food, mm -hmm. um, especially like the, the lace cirque sort of style. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of restaurants do like very highly composed dishes when it comes to fine dining. Do you enjoy taking uh, photos of like very highly composed dishes or do you and or do you like taking photos of more like, you know, everyday uh, food? Highly composed pictures are very easy to take a picture of because mm. they just look good. You know, I looked at, can I say something? Uh, Danielle Boulou did a book last two years ago, 
And I looked at it, and I think every creative person, you know, they'll look at something and say, oh, that's better than mine, you know? And I said, oh, those pictures are great. What is he doing? And then I looked at it really close, and it wasn't the pictures. It was the dishes. They were mm-hmm. impeccable. And then I looked at the video of the guy, I can't remember, Thomas, Thomas something. And, and he had all these lights all around, and it, everything is flat. The French do not like shadows Was this on Thomas Keller? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Thomas was the photographer. Photographer. It was at it. Daniel's restaurant. Got it. And the French do not like shadows. They want everything flat and just so you see everything. I like shadows because it gives us a 3D, you know, it, it pops out off the page. Yeah, I'm looking at your book cover right now and there's like definitely shadows in there. Yeah, gives yeah it's it very tactile. Yeah. So, and then what happened was, uh, real quick, six years ago, I ride my bike all day in New York and somebody opened the door. I was doored. I was out of work for three months. Oh, nice. And my shoulder got really be- badly beat up so I couldn't, I couldn't carry my equipment after. So I had to find something else. And I found these little video lights that uh, videographers use. They're just little, the same size as a, as a cell phone. Mm. And, you know, they don't weigh anything. And I started using those, which form more uh, shadows than, you know, than the regular big lights. And everybody started to like it. Now there's a lot of stuff that, you know, after six years, a lot of people have caught on. But last year I did a book for, uh, and if I'm talking too much, tell me. To, uh, or is that why I'm here? That is why I'm here. That's why that, there's that microphone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> to capture it all. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. Nice mic. Anyway, uh, last year I did a book. It was French Master Chefs. And there, it's a group out of, out of uh, Paris. There's 500 around the country. There's 81 of them in North America. So uh, 77, uh, 77 of them participated, and uh, I did 77 chefs in 46 cities in 50 days, wow. which was quite the adventure. Thing was that when I started taking pictures, I would put the plate down. I don't have any equipment. You know, everything fits in my backpack because everything is little. And they said, uh, are you going to take those shadows out? And I said, <laughs> hell no, I'm not taking the shadows out. And now they like them. Good. <laughs> so, yeah, it was real good. Um, tell us about the new project that you have coming up to called Tokes in Black. Tokes in Black. Uh, in July, I came up with it, like a lot of creative things. I don't know why it just popped in my head. And so I said, I want to do a chef, you know, black chefs, because you don't hear about them much. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the best chefs in the United States or around the world are black. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody's ever done a book with all black chefs. So I figured after the French chefs, and it's also kind of fun to do a, a book instead of with one chef, which I do. With doing with a lot of different chefs. What do you like about that? It's just different people all the time. I don't have to talk to the same person every day. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets boring. But it, but it's and it's a lot of different ideas, and especially the black chefs because they'll do everything from Caribbean to Creole to French to Italian. It's just really a mix, um, and they just uh, I always said that black people smile from their heart and white people smile from their brain, mm. and there's there's a difference. I was down south last last week in seven cities i think and there's just there's a difference you know and it was really nice working with them where Um, were you in the south and who were you working with i flew it's hard to remember the names because i'm working with 300 chefs now uh, because i'm doing that other book this book uh, that you have on your desk um i I flew down to birmingham i was just in birmingham too yeah yeah birmingham was nice i'm from alabama so we were oh you are okay I, i worked with uh nina compton amazing and then I worked with, wait, what's her name? Oh, Dolester Miles. We were at Highlands Bar and Grill ah, eating Dolesters. There you go. Oh, but my gosh. She wasn't. She was at uh, Bogata. Bogata, Bogata, I think, is the name of the other place, which uh. is a beautiful 
old building. She yes. was really sweet. She did two dishes for me. And then I went over. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Nina's not there. She's in She's New Orleans. She's in New Orleans, yeah. I, I, I went over to John. John, I can't remember. Post Office Post Pizza. Pies. Yeah. Post you are naming the places that we went to go eat. Ah, okay. Here, by the way, like, but, that but was John, it. <laughs> John wasn't there. Um, John Hall? John Hall. Yes. So he wasn't there. Too. You can help me out with this. This is great. I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then I, I rented a car and I drove a thousand miles. I went through Atlanta. Um, Old stopping grounds for me. And then I went to uh, Ch no, Ch Charleston. Charlotte. Uh-huh. And then Charleston. Great. And then Savannah. Savannah's beautiful. So underrated. Oh. Let me just say. That's my next trip. I yeah. want to go amazing. to Savannah so it bad. Was Did you go to the Gray? Were you doing with uh, Mashama? Can I say anything bad? No, she would. She said she's too busy. She is extremely busy. Yeah. I will say that it's not just an excuse in, in her case. Well, I don't want to get involved. <laughs> 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 uh, but, uh, yeah, she was. And in fact, I never even did speak to her. And everybody said, is Mashama going to be there? Is Mashama mm. going to be there? And uh, so, uh, so I didn't get a chance. Hopefully, we'll soon. I mean, she—I think she's opening up uh, another restaurant. So she's yeah, she is opening another. Slammed, and everyone invites her to every event. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, she's we great try though. To. Yeah. We would love to. So uh, I'll keep trying. If you get her, I'll get her. Oh, okay, I'll let you All know. All right. I'll let you know. And I saw also John Randall. Joe, Joe Randall. You know Joe Randall. That sounds very familiar. Bob. Joe Randall is the dean of Creole food. I think they call him. He's seventy-three. He used to have a in Savannah. He had a. a cooking school for 17 years before that he was a chef and he's a, really a sweet guy and he knows everybody so uh so i shot with him and then i also shot with i can't remember her name uh, well it's a lot of people to keep straight it is yeah. we'll have to find out when the book comes out the book will be out on actually i was going to do it in march uh, uh, april it was supposed to be april 19th which is black history month mm -hmm. And after talking with Joe Randall first, who brought the subject up, and then a couple of the others, they said, you know, it's Black History Month. It's February. They shove every black thing they can figure out mm -hmm. or find and shove it into February. And then March 1st, they forget who we are. Yeah. I said, well, I, could, I can do whatever I want. I said, we're going to extend this to March. So we're doing March 25th. Great. So hopefully we'll have, uh, there's going to be 100 chefs in the book. And then I have an event, which I've done for nine years with uh, with mostly chefs in New York. Uh, we call it the White Book because it was a majority of white chefs. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's going to be a little more integrated now that I've met so many black chefs I didn't even know were in New York. And, um, and, and we have the charity. We give to the School of Food and Finance. It's a food and finance high school. We work with and, them, yes. Oh, yes, they're, they're wonderful. Them. So they, they, they get the money that we raise from that. That's lovely. Um, so I'm doing a... I have a black book and then... And, I'm and I have a white book, and I'm also working with 12 Asian chefs, and it's a yellow book. And this is okay with all of them. <laughs> uh, so it's really fun. So that's what I'm doing. That's cool. Um, okay, well, let's take a really quick break, hear a word from sponsors, and then when we come back, we're going to have more conversations with Batman. My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Welcome back to HRN Happy Hour. I'm Kat Johnson, and I'm here with Hannah Forden. And our guest of the day is Batman, who is, many people know him as a photographer. 
He does a lot of food photography, but by no means is he only a food photographer. Let's just get that clear. Um, I, one thing I do want to ask you about is you mentioned with the rise of the internet and phones, the, the kind of the, the what you would be taking photo food photos for changed a lot. It changed from being like restaurant for the restaurants themselves to doing it for books and for publishing. What are your thoughts about Instagram and, and phones making everybody a food photographer? Well, it hasn't hurt our business. I mean, it hasn't helped our business. Mm. Um, but it, there's a lot of junk on there, you know, and a lot. And every day there's more and more and more. And I don't know whether people get used to it. Or they'll, oh, they'll use their filters and they'll zap the color up, you know, mm -hmm. like nature is not good enough anymore. <laughs> And, reality and, yeah. yeah and you know you kind of get used to that really bright color and then you see something that's like real and it just you know it, it doesn't look right so um it's it's hurt the business um i mean may, it's bringing out a lot of people that didn't think they were creative you know and if they're good um i gave i gave a lecture um where was it? oh i was one of these meetups and they had me come, uh, had me come down, and it was I was supposed to talk about something else, but I was talking about photography, and and they were saying, and I said, listen, if you take a picture, and then you get home, you say, you know, it looked a lot better when I took it. I said, don't fool yourself. It didn't look good when you took it, and it doesn't <laughs> look good when you got home. <laughs> so just look at it objectively, you know. And then ev everybody doesn't have an eye. An eye is really important. I'm not a trained photographer. I never wanted to be a photographer. I never, I'm not a foodie even. I mean, quarter right. pounder cheese, fries, and a Coke is my go-to. <laughs> but only once every two months. Um, but I, I, it's, it's, it's really wonderful to do. And, and, and I've seen a lot of good stuff from people that would never have thought about doing it. And good for them. Uh, and it just means, uh, as far as for me and a lot of other photographers, you just have to reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. And because I've published stuff, I've, I've been publishing greeting cards since 79. And then I started doing these charity books. Um, I'm like a package. You buy, you, know, you buy me and you get everything. Mm. And what I've been doing is I've been partnering with the chefs. So what happens is it doesn't cost them anything to get the book started. Um, so it works out really well. When you're working with a chef, though, are you, are you doing any sort of work with them on the recipe development? Or is that someone else that kind of helps them with that side of the public? Recipe, you mean as far as editing or just deciding what to make? Uh, like the editing and the writing and kind of formatting, recipe oh. testing, all that stuff. Oh, um, that's all up to them. When I do mm. a charity book with 200 chefs, if we were to test every recipe, it would first of all, it would take a year. Right. And it would cost a fortune, and it's a charity thing. They're pretty close to accurate. And, they, and I guess this is these are different because they're not like a single chef's book where mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of writing down their recipes for a home cook for the very first time. These are probably chefs giving you recipes to work with that are like tried true classic their their version of like classic recipes. Right, uh, they are a little difficult. It's not for every home cook. Sure. Um, but my when when I started doing this, I didn't want to do you know I can't sell, tell uh, Jean George can you give me a three ingredient recipe? It's not what he does. <laughs> Fair. You know, I want I want to show what I, the thing that amazed me and the reason I started taking pictures when I was at Le Cirque and I said wow this is amazing what they do with food. <laughs> You know, and then I looked into it. So it's more like, look what you can do with food is, you know, look how, it's not, look how easy you can make something. You can make something easy. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to like Hamburger Helper. I think it's still around too, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I've been seeing a lot lately, 
on social media these kind of funny videos showing how particularly in like fast food advertising photography mm. they use a lot of like very weird borderline disgusting tricks to make the food look better than it is mm-hmm. and i've worked around chefs before and i i've never really seen chefs do anything like that out that outrageous but they have done tricks where they'll put you know one bo- small bowl upside down in a big bowl to like make the food look like it has more volume or something like that. Do you ever use any sort of tricks? No tricks. And only one time in 18 years did we use fake ice cream. Wow. That's one of the big ones because it melts so easily under lights. Well, well, ever since I had this accident and I only use these little lights, my setup is minor. Mm -hmm. My pictures, um, my record is 169 photos in one day in eight hours. Wow. And it was crazy. They just kept on throwing this stuff out. But because of the way I shoot, it's kind of easy. And, and the thing that makes it the easiest, because my eye is good, I can just look at it for whatever reason and know where it looks good right away. And not take 800 pictures. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. In fact, I was at the restaurant called uh, Rouge Tomat. Have you heard? They were on 60, 60th Street or 61st Street, right off of uh, Madison Avenue. And I was there shooting for one of my charity books, One Dish, on a table that was what 18 inches you know one of these square table for two people and in back of me on the other side of the restaurant was this guy shooting for the french uh, french culinary institute's calendar right and he had this huge white board (laughs) with a background the board was at least four feet square (laughs) and a back on it and he had this giant hot light that was no it was a strobe but it was like three feet square with the you know the black box and And he had his art director and an assistant with him. And he's shooting all over the place. I shot one picture and I was done. (laughs) And I went over to him and I I didn't even introduce myself, but I said, you know, that's why you get the big bucks. Look at this. To put in so, the production. Right. I mean, that's, but like it's a not top chef, that's like top chef level photography to try to get a still that's like that manufactured, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, there's a time and place for that. You want that in an episode of Top Chef. You want a high def, like perfect Well, shot, if you look at the book, I, I consider this just as good as anybody else's. You know, they might fool around with it a little bit, you know, much and make sure the lettuce is curled exactly all the way around you know <laughs> even uh generally i don't like that I, my m- the one thing that people say besides they like my pictures are is is that the stuff looks like you want to eat it and that's that's what i was about to say that because i've been staring at the cover of half of your book sweet crossings and it i i like want to eat the book it, it that three-dimensional quality that using shadows creates it's uh, like very dynamic. I, I, I like it. It, it pops yeah. out. And also Tim Zagat, Zagat surveys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim came to one of my events and he said, one of the things he said that, you know, on with Batman's book, you look like you want to eat the book. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about the, the book and how it's, it has like two sides to it. Well, I, I, I would always do two books. I used to make a lot of money. So I, I did everything myself. I published the books. I rented Vanderbilt Hall for the first event. The Great Bagel and Locks book. It was 85 versions of the Bagel and Locks. My favorite book. What? You couldn't give it away. Sounds like right up Hannah's alley. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'll, I'm going to have to find that. I'll bring it to you. I still have a dozen left. <gasps> my favorite. <laughs> and it, it wasn't just a bagel. It had to have a smoked salmon, mm-hmm. and it had to have a bread component. And that was it. And I got some just wonderful stuff. Nice. You know? So, um, so I was doing two books, and it was just costing too much money. Then I put it all into one book. And it was the savory in front and the pastry in the back. And the pastry chef says, hey, why are we in the back of the book? 
So the last event I did, I gave everybody the front page. So I had it's you turn it over and one side is savory, one side is is uh, pastry. That's so smart. So I love that. Um, all right. Well, we are so excited for Monday. Um, Batman's going to be there taking photos. Uh, we can't wait to see what those look like. Um, but I guess first we should like plan, finish planning the party and, and figure that out. First. We're almost there. We're very close. We it's, have the oysters. Yeah. Oysters are in hand. Um, Batman, do you have any questions for us about the gala? No, I like to go in and be surprised. Ah, I think you yeah. will be. Yeah. You know, we have I, a lot of really we have good some surprises. surprises. Oh, yeah. All right. It's going to be interesting. All right. I'll make sure yes. I bring the strap for my camera in case I get too, too surprised and drop my <laughs> yes, camera. Yes. <laughs> we wouldn't want that. And in and, and true HRN fashion, we have both highbrow surprises and lowbrow surprises. And I just can't wait. <laughs> um, yes. Please, 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 everyone come. It's going to be an amazing night. Um, Batman, we always end our show with trivia. Oh, that's what I heard. Listen, let me just preface this with, I didn't go to college, and I rarely read, my favorite book is Frankenstein. Huh. Uh, which Frankenstein was, is an amazing book. It's a one, and it's not like the movies, you know, they don't burn oh. them at the stake, and we can't give away the secret at the end, I won't but tell. it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, great. No, you have good taste. So we just have you'll we be, have a, you'll be fine. We have a few questions for you. Matt can help you out. Hannah can help you out. Okay. Yes, I'm not. I yeah. Peaked. Um, no pressure whatsoever. Um, okay. Question number one. Oh, by the way, our theme is food and art. We thought okay. that would be fun. This is good. We thought it'd be fun. Okay. Question number one is Norman Rockwell created six paintings that were used as ads for what classic drink? I don't drink. Was it, was a it, non-alcoholic was drink. It oh, non-alcoholic. Was it lemonade? No. Know. Well, actually, it originally was alcoholic. Not alcoholic, but it had a drug in it. It, d- it does no longer have a drug in it. Oh, w- would be the cocaine or? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Oh. Cocaine-Cola. Oh, Cocaine-Cola. I, so I came close. Uh, so close. Oh, we count that. You got it. Uh, all right. Wait nice. a minute. What, also, and if I get three, what do I get? Drug. <laughs> to get three, you get to come to our amazing gal. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Question number two. What food product was Andy Warhol referring to when he said, I used to drink it. I used to have the same lunch every day for 20 years. I guess. Soup, I guess, wasn't it? Yeah. Camel soup. soup. You got it. That's kind of weird to me that he ate it that much. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Wait, wait, wait. This is too easy. Okay, well, I started with the easy ones. Okay. Oh, good. Here we go. Because I just figured I wouldn't know anything. <laughs> and I actually had a harder one that got cut off, but I can try to remember it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> question number four. What painter was rumored to have eaten yellow paint thinking that consuming it would paint his insides bright yellow and therefore make him happy? Who's the craziest human being that I could ever think of? Um, You're on the right track with that. I'll give you a crazy. hint. You will? One ear. Oh, Van Gogh. Yes. Matt, why are you yelling at me? Because that's not, oh, that's not a hint. It, it isn't. Uh, I'm being a good and helpful Let me help you guys out. Okay. For me, it's a hint. Oh, <laughs> all right. I also feel like that's not true. The yellow paint thing, come on. It was. I said it was rumored. You, what, you, where, what corner of the internet did you find that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't write these questions. And, uh, I mean, yellow is my happy color, Matt. And it's the <laughs> corner where all the people that cut their ears off are in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, 
It's funny to me because my English teacher in high school taught me that yellow is symbolism for like sadness and jaundice. That's what I. That's the words I remember from it. So I'm always like yellow happy, but I guess sunshine. Kind of yeah, like. I don't know. It's I, I like it's it's one of those things that brings me joy. Okay, that's fair. Okay, question number four. There's a there's a very specific word in this. It's going to be a hint, so I'm going to emphasize it. <coughs> Chicago-based artist Dwight Kolb sculpted a statue of this pop singer using 180 pounds of a very strange material, ham. <laughs> and and you want to know who the pop star is or yes. who the artist who is? Who the pop star is? Ham. Ham has to do with his name? No. A very strange material. Oh, uh, Madonna. You got it. Yes. Wow, I'm smarter Nicely than I thought. Done. Wow, I got to do this more often. What was the hard question, Kat? <laughs> okay, let Come me on. see if I can remember it because it got cut off. It was, I don't remember her name, but there was a artist. Great start. There was an artist who was given like 10,000 pounds of sugar to make a series of sculptures that were a commentary on labor, race, and class, and gentrification in what landmark in Brooklyn? Keyword there is sugar. It was sugar. made out of sugar. Oh, Domino. Uh, you got it. What is her name? Kate. Kate something. She's amazing. Yeah, the sculpture was like a woman with like it was a like kerchief a, it and was, she was a sphinx. It was like an Aunt Jemima sphinx. Basically. Yeah. And it was about it was like incredible. the people that have, have kept, have fueled America's like sweet tooth for many years at their own like well-being and expense. And now there's a very posh park there, so... So, yeah. you know, it, there Earl was some... Walker. There was art some becomes art. Uh, life. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, you you won trivia. Yeah, you definitely wow. Batman, I think you're the only person who's ever won trivia you even before. Got, you even got the question that was, like, a half a question. Yeah, the uh, one that catches sort really? of remembered. Th- sort of. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. You get a prize that... Wait a minute. I don't know what no to do with gets. this. <laughs> Have another do I hot run, toddy. Do I run home and tell my wife? I don't know. I think <laughs> so. You might have to send out cards to everyone. <laughs> okay. All right. We can do that. Well, Batman, thank you so much for joining us for HR and Happy Hour. This cause is, could not be the, the best. This is like the best break that we could have of all of our gala prep. So it was like fa- fabulous to sit uh, down and talk to you. Well, this was swell. Thanks. It really was. And, and thanks. Thank you. We can't wait to see you on Monday. Oh, you're gonna. And if I, you want to see Batman, go to heritageradionetwork.org slash gala. Sorry to cut you off, but that's I okay. had to plug. But, well, I just have to tell you that I don't have any Batman stuff at home. No. And I don't dress up. Um, I think it would be a little weird trying to be like somebody else. You know, the name just happened to <laughs> Just <fit>. a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. So that's yes. it. Yeah, so. you're Batman with two Ts. Well, right. don't worry. We there's no pressure for you to dress up because we are going to have some other people dressed up at the gala. So, oh, okay. well, I can tell you a quick story. You don't. I can cut. No, this please, out. please. When the first movie came out, 1989, I think it was. Yeah. There was a guy named Gordon Elliott who was on Good Day New York, big guy from Australia. Huh. And uh, he, he his thing was he would go around in the morning and knock on somebody's door at six o'clock. Something that pertained to something in the news or whatever. So he was coming to see Batman, right? But he was going to go to see a guy named Adam West in Brooklyn, oh. whose actual name was Adam West. And he was going to knock on the door, you know, and say hi and put him on TV. But a friend of mine who was in PR knew that this was going to happen. He says, no, 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 no. The real Batman lives on 7th Avenue in Manhattan. 
So they came and they put the whole outfit on me and they said that, you know, um, Michael Keaton is an actor. This is the real Batman. Stop. And my American Express card says Batman. My phone number is na 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 Batman. Man, and my signature is Batman. Um, and so Careful we... about saying your phone number on the radio. Oh, no, that's right. <laughs> we'll bleep it out. Matt, yeah. can you bleep Matt, it? Matt, bleep. No, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah. It's all right. Anyway, um, should I just make a little... Is that what you're going to put in place? Yeah, he'll impose. He'll, like, <laughs> yeah, he'll just play the Batman song. <laughs> 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 yeah, I am actually... Oh, well... We probably copyright, can't copyright. play that. <laughs> anyway, it, it, was, it was really funny. He took me out in the street, and they did the pow and the wow. I had to f- have a fight with him. Nice. It was, it was really a funny time. We have nice. to see pictures from that. That sounds amazing. Um, I have one on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll show it on the radio. Okay. Um, all right. Well... I think that's our show. We uh, okay. we're we're gonna get get back to planning. I've got to finish our program. Finally, put the menu together today, and the menu looks amazing. So we're getting close. Yeah, so okay. excited. Yeah. All well, right. Th- thank you, ladies. This thank was really you. great. And thank um, you. I'll see you in a couple of days. See Can't you wait. in a couple right. of days. I, listen, if I'm wearing the same shirt, do not say anything. We will not. And okay. our listeners will be none the wiser. Uh, no one oh, will that's know. That's right. Okay. No one will know. <laughs> um, thanks again to you, Hannah Forden, for joining me. Thanks, Kat. Thanks to Matt Patterson, our engineer. No problemo. <laughs> um, I'm Kat Johnson. This has been HR and Happy Hour, and we'll see you next week. My Our guest next week is a good friend of mine, Howard Conyers, and he's going to be here from New Orleans, so make sure you tune in. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.